Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. Each frame, each moment, we record the world around us through our senses. We experience the warmth of light through the window. the dashing of the elevator's doors in our hallway the texture of the handrail the aroma of something cooking in the kitchen in puladesh pandey's words when we hear the word thali peet we not only just remember a peculiar maharashtrian dish made by grandmom or mom but we also remember her bangles dangling while dubbing the flour freshly made white butter the kitchen where we sat and ate and countless other memories these senses create a full experience of spaces we inhabit Rohan Shiv Kumar has been trying to capture these moments, cacophonies, their contradiction, paradoxes, and more through his architectural films. Today, I have Rohan Shiv Kumar with us on Audio Gan. Rohan is an architect, urban designer, a filmmaker, practicing in Mumbai. He is the dean of research and academic development at Kamla Raheja Vidya Nidhi Institute of Architecture and Environmental Studies. His work ranges from architecture, urban design. urban research and consultancy projects to works in films and visual arts he is interested in issues concerning housing public spaces and exploring the many ways of reading and representing the city today we'll try and document what does it take to create space or a moment in time on a film so thank you rohan for giving your time and it's a wonderful uh, like it's like really great honor to have you on audio again thank you so much for the invitation kedar it's a pleasure to be here yeah thanks and uh, yeah so basically i've come up with few questions and uh, obviously i'll leave it to you to maneuver the conversation because these are just broad pointers which i thought of um so uh, to begin with i would like to just ask you like slightly longer question you have made uh, two films so far from my understanding nostalgia of the future and lovely villa Uh, I recently watched both of them at Frame Conclave uh, in Goa uh, and they were like really nice and fr- from there a lot of questions have stemmed up. Uh in both of your films you are trying to show connections or maybe dissociations disassociation between matter uh if we call which is architecture and then the soul which uh in case is memories or intangible feelings associated with it. So can you start by uh telling us briefly what these films are and what made you make these films? so um i have uh, i'm an i i teach architecture mm-hmm. that's my primary role as an architect mm-hmm. although i do some bit of consultancy work and some sort of research work as well my primary job uh, that pays my bills is a, as a teacher mm-hmm. so i'm really interested in thinking about how does one conceive of architecture itself or what is architecture mm-hmm. and you know theoretically and conceptually and uh, what is its relationship with uh, the way that we structure our identities so that is really where both nostalgia for the future as well as lovely villa begin mm-hmm. uh, the first film which uh, mukul abhijit mukul kishore who's a cameraman and my co-director uh, him and i made together uh, was called nostalgia for the future and we made that uh, a few years back it was really trying to discover how does architecture and film play a role in which our identities as indian citizens are shaped so that is what mm-hmm. our general sort of idea was because both architecture and documentary film have been deeply involved in the making of the indian citizen 
both the when the indian state i mean the, uh, the films division india for whom we were making the film hmm. uh, was one of the organizations that was deeply involved in constructing who we were supposed to become as indian citizens wow. and also architecture itself was enlisted as a discipline through which we could then make the spaces for that imagined indian citizen so hmm. you know the famous story of course being with nehru hiring kobuzie to design chandigarh yes so we thought that uh, there was a certain way in which our idea of citizenship was hmm. shaped by both film as well as architecture hmm. so we were really interested in looking at that idea of citizenship like who is the citizen what is the body of that citizen hmm. and to do that we decided to look at homes because it is in the home which is the fund first sort of uh, space that one imagines uh, for that for a body uh, it was it through the architecture of the of those homes that we would try and discover who were supposed to be the citizens that were supposed to inhabit those homes so what we did in nostalgia for the future is that we looked at four distinct imaginations of homes built over a period of 100 years and looked at the different ways in which each of them conceived of the body of the citizen hmm and we picked four homes uh, maybe we can talk about that later uh, but we picked four homes across that period and started creating an essay film uh, that kept discovering what are the different sorts of bodies that were supposed to be that we were supposed to become mm. so while nostalgia for the future was really looking at and exploring who we were supposed to become uh, the next film which uh, mukul and i made together actually we made a film in the middle on a artist friend of ours mm-hmm. called squeeze lime in your eye so this is the third film we are making together it was called lovely villa and uh, lovely villa is the name of the building in which i grew up which happens to be in uh, lic colony a life insurance corporation colony in uh, burivli yeah. northern bombay and that uh, colony itself was designed by charles korea mm. and because i grew up in that colony and that colony was imagined as a place where suburban citizens would live suburban citizens who living in bombay would live in that sense it was also an idealized imagination but i of course inhabited that idealized imagination mm-hmm. so as a corollary to nostalgia for the future uh, we decided to look at lovely villa more through uh, intimacy uh, while the first was largely looking at looking at imagination the second was looking at the lived experience of within an architecture hmm. and uh, in the second film we were really looking at how lives uh, of futures and of pasts haunt the spaces of buildings themselves hmm. um and how why, this why do you say haunt it's like that whenever you're designing a building you're always designing for the apparition of somebody who's going to use it in the future ghosts of the future as it were mm-hmm. and when you look at a co- and if you've lived in a place for a while and you see the corners where people have lived then you see that corner that corner is inhabited by the apparition of somebody who may not exist anymore you remember the person through the space sometimes mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Uh, so it was about that it was looking at how our lives leave traces intangible traces uh, within the architecture that we inhabit uh so that was a lovely villa mm-hmm. so these were the two films that we uh that we have actually uh worked on together mm-hmm. and was there any uh i mean it could have individual subtext but what was the subtext you were trying to uh communicate because from my understanding at least uh, uh, since you are an architect but you want to just transcend boundaries to probably film then is it that they, that something which you wanted to manifest through architecture or through say other form of art uh why uh like what was the reason me in the film also i mean so i felt that uh, i mean as a teacher and as an architect 
I very often believe, I was, you know, wondering about uh, what do we see as the uh, role of architecture? And uh, thinking about really what are the value systems through which one understands uh, architecture itself. Mm. And as a teacher, I thought it was an important area to start looking at. And I felt very often that uh, film as a medium uh, could really allow you the possibilities to explore uh, different ways of uh, interrogating that question. Uh, for example, I mean, just as a, you know, you're speaking of subtext in mm. some sense. For Nostalgia for the Future, we were really interested in this, um, that that idea that architecture, cons- I, that architecture imagines the bodies that are supposed to live in it. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, what we did in Nostalgia for the Future is that we looked at that body across these four, five, actually, I'll talk about the fifth later, hmm. five different sorts of imaginations of the body. So the first home that we looked at in Nostalgia for the Future was uh, the Lakshmi Vilas Palace in Baroda, uh, which was designed by the by designed under the rule of Sayaji Rao III. Hmm. Sorry. Right? And over there, Sayajira was really trying to imagine a new identity for this, for for in for the Indian, mm-hmm. which was a costumed identity. So it was an amalgamation of Indian elements and Western elements and all of these different elements that came together. He was trying to perform a new identity uh, through the making of a home that could la- allow him that performance. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the second home um, is the classic Nehruvian slash Corbusian home, uh, which is the Shodhan Villa in uh, Ahmedabad. And in that home, uh, you see the sort of uh, primitive uh, sort of man, the way in which man is supposed to inhabit nature almost unmediated. So you're supposed to be kind of in some sense naked. Hmm. So you discard the clothes and you're naked in nature. So under the sky, below the ground, you know, like primal Mm -hmm. experience. Uh, The third home uh, is the Gandhi Ashram. And Gandhi, of course, uh, did his famous experiments with truth, uh, which were really experiments with his body. And there was a certain way in which he didn't trust the body because the body gave pleasure and pain and therefore had the possibility of not being true. So he discards the body and tries to attain a sort of spiritual emptiness. So there's the third stripping of the body. Mm -hmm. And the last home uh, that we looked at is where even the spirit is seen as something that cannot be... uh, I guess, uh, enlisted to build the great Indian nation. So what we have is the body that is then becomes purely flesh. Mm. And then, um, you know, it becomes the body becomes a machine that needs to be arranged in order uh, and mathematically precisely mapped mm. uh, that can then be enlisted to make the Indian nation. And that is the housing in Delhi that we look at, which is uh, the refugee housing and the state-built housing colonies in um, in, in the 50s and 60s. Mm. But across this whole story, uh, one thing we realized is all of these imaginations come from a position of power, whether that's the state or, or you know, like, like that, that, that's trying to tell you that this is the way you're supposed to be. Mm. And none of us seem to be able to live up to those expectations. And our mm. bodies uh, never become those bodies. Mm. We are always in some way, there are many bodies that are left behind. Correct. Mm. So across the whole film, uh, what you find are people who are staring at the camera. Uh, the camera itself is an instrument of power right? mm. uh, staring at the camera wondering who is on the other side and who am I and what am I supposed to become for your gaze mm. uh, and that is what we kind of end with at mm. the end of the film when we go to Gurgaon Correct. and we have that entire sequence of uh, 
kind of those children yeah. staring at the camera and the end the film in a sequence in bombay with mm. these women uh, playing the drums underneath the residue of development which yeah. is the resi- which is the space below a flyover mm-hmm. now uh, so there's a narrative of uh, that that is that is sort of embedded in this like a theoretical i guess you want to call it a narrative that we needed a way of conveying Hmm. and we felt film was a way that could ask questions without necessarily a documentary film and a particular kind of documentary film could ask questions without necessarily saying ki this is the way you're supposed to think because i think it was a conscious decision for us to imagine a film that was a questioning hmm. kind of space rather than a ki aise karo type aise karo type exactly hmm. but anyways like and like from my understanding at least like society works from actually from bottoms up right so so it's very difficult uh, for things to be structured from top down so what was going on when uh, when you discovered that there were these four types of films which you captured which tried to enforce a certain vision of the body of citizens from the top down so i don't think one works without the other i think our identities mm. is are always oscillating between who we are and who we want to become whether that's the top down or bottom up right mm-hmm. uh if for example i want to let's say i'm a big rajnikanth fan mm. okay and that's my desire mm. and there is me but how do i separate my being a rajnikanth fan fan from whom i am so desire and my body are actually the part of the same thing and very often our desires are shaped from to use your terminology top down mm-hmm. right uh, so i think that there is there is that sort of uh, tension uh, between who we are and who we want to be mm-hmm. and that is very often played out in the architecture and the images that we make uh, to become who we want to be mm. i need some time to comprehend see this. it's like that yeah, it's yeah. it's when we make an architecture we are not necessarily making it to who for who we are when we are mm. making an architecture there is a way in which we are trying to become uh who become those people who are going to inhabit those spaces okay. every act of architecture is an act of transformation of the self mm. as well mm-hmm. like every every time we make look at ourselves in the mirror it's not only looking at who we are we also looking at who we want to become mm-hmm. right so when we make images uh, those images are actually desires uh, that are getting played out about who we want to then become like Mm-hmm. uh so that's the way that we were really conceiving of the uh we were conceiving of architecture in some in in other way in other words as as something that is not only about uh satisfying our more basic needs mm-hmm. uh, we were looking at architecture as something that has a desire inbuilt within it mm-hmm. sorry but uh, in this case you are trying to just perceive it differently or uh the architect thought about it the same way also i'll tell you why because there's mm. like a beautiful insight which you're tra- like i'm trying to decipher is because mm. when i'm designing interfaces or at least in the online world whatever products have been designed right from steve jobs till today uh there's a certain level of um thought process that i want to design for myself first like if i am happy people like me will be happy mm. is this the same a uh, concept drives in architecture because th- this is where the conflict is right uh, an architect wants it certain way like he's eco friendly or he's making it more, much more sustainable as opposed to understanding the user and then building it i think this is the uh, classic sort of dichotomy of where we imagine that the designer is not human and that the designer has a se- has a separate sort mm-hmm. of desires and aspirations mm-hmm. and the uh, 
client poor thing okay they don't know these things and we have to then somehow Educate lift them, them up yeah, to yeah. that level where they can then and i think that really is a fallacy between in in actually the imagination of the profession itself mm-hmm. uh, the profession has a responsibility uh, to make lives better that is primarily its uh, primarily its job yeah. right and i don't think that one can kind of uh, and, and and of course there are certain skills that it that that and certain value systems that determine its uh, sort of role uh, mm-hmm. that it can play but if that is something that lies in a complete cocoon with absolutely if those imaginations lie in a complete cocoon with absolutely no empathy for whom it's building for uh, then the then the profession itself needs to be questioned right mm. um and if society as a large has created um, a profession called architecture to uh, with its with the with mandate to be able to understand what is spatially um, better mm. uh, then society also needs to trust the architect uh, to be able to and 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 they are trained to kind of do that then society mm. needs to kind of trust the architect to be able to provide that sort of knowledge mm. and information mm-hmm. interesting so ron i want to just slightly slightly changed tracks on the same lines only sure. filmmaking uh, from my understanding again is like a much younger art form than architecture right so we daily walk past by the same building or like the same uh, space uh, in and around and uh, i don't think so we pay very acute attention to the deco the flooring the 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 kind of wear and tear is happening with the architecture and stuff like that so and when the film captures this in a very uh, elegant way or like just stand like still shots or even like uh, the one film which we saw with uh, in shantini ketan they were just still shots right so it typically starts depicting something much more nuanced and refined now is it like the architects um what i can say is is it the architects failure is a wrong word but yeah is it the architects failure to uh show those beauty spots or is it the victory of the film as a medium itself to show them mm. i mean this yeah i mean to to summarize this question i would say is invisible architecture great architecture so i i think that one thing um, that both of them are extremely different mediums and both of them have their own strengths mm. and uh, possibilities first of all uh the question is I mean that's an interesting thing because what is film film is an act of representation it's an, it's an act through which we read the world mm. and through which we are able to tell stories about the world that's what it is right yeah. and architecture is the spaces that we inhabit so there's a kind of difference between that the actual real spaces there's no act of representation in architecture unless it is the drawing of architecture mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so i think the interesting thing would be to think about space okay um as something that we inhabit mm. all right and architecture as the act of drawing that space for okay structuring mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. because that's what architects do mm-hmm. they draw spaces they represent spaces really mm-hmm. and that's their kind of primary job and if when then and and then if one thinks about both the drawing and the film as actually modes of representation of space mm okay mm. uh, then i think one can think about how how video can be used as a mode of telling stories of space as much as a drawing can 
Yeah. I know many sorts of architects who now are using video very, very proactively uh, to understand places, mm. to be able to represent places, and also as ways to tell stories about the possible futures that the clients are going to inhabit in the houses or the uh, projects that they are going to be designing. Mm. So I think that's an important thing to kind of separate that space and time are actually something that we are all trying to, in many ways, uh, come to terms with, mm. and both. Acts of architecture and acts of filmmaking are both ways in which we can intervene in making those spaces or telling stories about those spaces. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that the the to to compare them, mm-hmm. uh, one needs to be like little kind of careful about what exactly are the differences and the separations between each medium's possibilities. Mm-hmm. And also, I believe architecture again, as you mentioned, it's finally a drawing, but when it manifests into an actual building. Uh, it is much more than just architecture no it is life mm. it is part of the world mm. but what if you don't inhabit someone else is staying there like the the, the but like when the you talk about po- image making also mm. in the same the same thing as for the same truths as far as filmmaking lie as far as architecture is concerned i don't inhabit an sra building but i need to understand it perhaps mm-hmm. right and acts of representation drawing film etc can help us understand it Mm-hmm. so that when we are designing something in the future okay uh, we can try and do better than those horrific buildings that we are seeing right now in the city mm-hmm. and yeah i remember the the point which i was trying to make is like since you mentioned about like the subtext which your films are trying to carry right now now that we are having this conversation there are a lot of principles and philosophies which are abstract in nature so do you see a way to make it much more relevant to the user or you want them to be at that philosophical level and the people have to come to that and to understand what do you when you say user whom do you mean uh the audience like the me, audience the okay. audience this is the audience like, question yes, right? yes. um so uh, I w- it's a it's a it's a good question. Something that we've been really thinking about. Mm-hmm. Hmm? And we've been thinking about uh, uh, the relationship of the work uh, to its supposed audience. Hmm? Correct. Uh, and one thing we feel is that audiences to usually are much more uh, agile and versatile and intelligent hmm. uh, than. I mean, I like to believe that. I'd like to believe that I'm making a film such that it's a conversation between me and somebody else. Hmm. Right, and if it's a conversation me and somebody else, I don't want to treat that other person that he's a fool hmm. or she's a fool. Right, this is fundamentally because I find that a lot of documentary films sometimes presume that position, hmm. especially where they imagine that the role of the documentary is to inform, hmm. uh, uh, and the role of the documentary is to uh, like let's say. Uh, agitate people into kind mm. of saying something and doing something about things mm. right which has and both those kinds of documentaries are valuable i'm not saying that they are not valuable right mm. but i'm not interested in that kind of documentary mm. because i think that if information has to be found out on uh, well lic colony it's not too difficult to find it i'm more interested in uh, using documentary and mukul and i both are really interested in using documentary as a medium through which we have a conversation with our audience mm. through which we evoke certain kinds of questions and ideas which may not be completely clear because i don't think there is clarity as far as these things are concerned <laughs> okay i don't think i know better than my audience mm. right 
I know that I know that there are things that we are all to, together in questions of modernity questions of the role of our role of us as middle class professionals uh, those are questions our own histories that that uh, in within the contemporary moment uh, that we all share and these are things that we share hmm. and there is no answer to that question there's just the idea that with, between us if we are able to have a conversation then we can arrive upon certain ideas that can help us shape future, future action hmm. so this is you the way that i imagine uh, the film's relationship with its audience Right. Some of these ideas are some of these ideas are forefronted. Some of them are not. Some of them are embedded. Some of them are more meant as nuances that you may feel but not necessarily understand entirely. Uh, but you will get it in the in the future. I don't think when you are necessarily doing a work of uh, an art, right? <laughs> uh, if you are only going to be thinking about audience reception. Mm. okay uh, and its ability to be clear mm. ki you know sab see then i might as well be in advertising correct you know mm. or i was just recently reading about didactive art yeah. right where you yeah. just have to preach or have some moral value or exactly. some sort of communication to yeah. and i'm i mean that's great good for them and there are some great work that i've seen like that but mm. i don't think i have the ability or the uh, sort of uh, authority Uh, to be able to hold forth on uh, saying that everybody needs to think like me hmm. so just like your representation your perspective your it's a uh, series of ideas that yes. that we are kind of uh, presenting ideas that that we may share ideas that you may be unfamiliar with okay mm-hmm. uh, some of which you will understand some of which you won't and some of which you'll get on the fifth watching because that happens mm-hmm. the films are um, mukul likes to imagine that his that he has to be able to sit through his film uh, in the sixth viewing without getting bored so wow. the film has you know has to be uh, layered enough so that we don't get bored mm-hmm. that is also true correct correct wow it's interesting then actually every screening needs to be followed by a conversation right otherwise it's it's just we would prefer it that way mm. we would be we, we really do prefer that but, but but whether the conversation is with us or whether the conversation is amongst amongst an audience i think is fine i mean i don't think we need to be there for the conversation to happen mm. uh, because i'm sure the films are provocative enough mm. uh, that people start saying something to each other mm. maybe like ye kya hai even if it is like ye kya hai mujhe samjhane mm. hmm? uh, as long as it doesn't simply become kya hai samjhane therefore dismiss it but try to think hey, but that is also about audiences i think mm-hmm. i think nowadays what has happened is that we've become used to because of the various ways in which we are uh, bombarded with by 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 media uh, we've been used to becoming passive as uh, as participants in and in an in an artwork mm-hmm. uh, we are used to having text describing what the work is so we read the text and we don't necessarily see the work mm-hmm. right yeah. uh, right and we yeah. are used to uh, most messages coming to us in easy to swallow pills so we've become lazy in our engagement with work mm-hmm. uh, and i think enough to understand what was the thought process yeah we don't yeah. we don't uh, how should i put it we don't put ourselves out there uh, and can try and kind of uh, engage with the work mm-hmm. i have that problem all the time when i'm showing films to my classes right and uh, we show we try and show difficult films uh, films which are sometimes slow and long etc and you have to sit them down to tell them that it is your job also when you're watching a film hmm. that it's your job to actively participate in the film you are as much a part of making the film experience as much as the filmmaker has made that experience for you 
very interesting i should definitely come and attend one of the uh, lectures and now coming to the films only uh, both of your films uh, have like long or steady shots like i i matlab i couldn't understand or i couldn't see any big camera movements or panning or zooming in right so was was it intentional or is it the standard norm for architectural films or uh, like yeah what was the thoughts between uh, in the language of the filmmaking yeah yeah so especially with the with the camera setting right because i found a similar pattern with that other film which i forgot the name uh, shanti niketan wala with hmm. uh, so there o, are also, o horizon o horizon o right? horizon so again so it's just like like one shot maybe just ant moving right mm-hmm. and it's moving in some direction it's talking to the other ant then it's going somewhere else so is it i mean i don't know how to put it but i'm just trying to make it relevant to the new uh, generation if i can okay so i'll it's, tell you where the where the film making languages came from for uh, to some extent nostalgia as well as uh, as well as uh, lovely villa hmm. so uh, so with nostalgia for the future especially we were uh, it's a film that is produced by films division india and films division india has been making films for like you know 60 70 years yeah. that are making films that are shaping our identity and we were we were interrogating that very same identity so what we did with nostalgia for the future is that we referenced a lot of film languages that emerged from that time hmm okay which is more like satyajit ray and kundan chap more films division films because there are many these were so they have also they, done like lot of yeah but they did a more i'm talking about the more mainstream films division uh, documentaries which were documentaries, made documentaries. by the uh, films division mm-hmm. uh, within films division by documentarians within films division trying mm-hmm. to in some sense talk about what the great indian nation is etc so mm-hmm. uh, the choice of using a 16 mm film was about that sense of time that you have within the texture of the film image itself mm-hmm. and evoking a certain kinds of uh, past hmm. but of course because we are shooting contemporary life to displace that image swing thinki wo hai kya right because you see guys using cell phones in 16 mm films <laughs> and also the way that mukul shot it was with this sort of particularly shaky camera hmm. right and the uh, shaky camera was so that you evoke this it could possibly have been a home movie that was never made hmm. yeah, by somebody just holding a camera and doing hmm. their own thing So there was that sort of thing that began to um, kind of shape uh, nostalgia for the future, and the other thing that we also started working with was that you know when we have an image quality, every image quality evokes a time within it. Correct. ठीक है ना. Correct. With a cell phone, आया कुछ आया वो आया. And both in nostalgia for the future and in lovely villa, time is an essential part of the story, hmm. right? Uh, whether there's the evocation of the past or the evocations of futures. so what we did is that we used the filmic language itself the image the image quality itself to start uh, breaking open time mm-hmm. so the time doesn't stay located in one place the time is always shifting and and you're always wondering a black and white queue i don't know and and to evoke that sense of uh, uh, of the many different times that we inhabit simultaneously mm-hmm. because even in a lovely villa if you're really interested in ghosts mm-hmm. uh, ghosts are actually uh, bodies out of space out of time mm-hmm. you know They're not supposed to be there. They're supposed to have gone, <laughs> right? So to evoke them. So in if you saw lovely villa, you remember all the footage of my father that comes in all these different sorts of textures and languages, or yeah. the older photographs that we use uh, within the film. So that is our. So that is the way that our uh, filmic sort of uh, image qualities emerged. We yeah. also used oral 
uh, clues hmm. to start reminding people of times. Hmm. Uh, so you have uh, a particular kind of voiceover uh, that is used, or you have music that references uh, a collective oral memory, hmm. whether that's from Doordarshan or Oral India Radio or whatever. Yeah. That's Sunil that. Uh, or Sunil that, right? So hmm. all of those different uh, tones of uh, music start kind of displacing time hmm. within within the filmic uh, form, I guess. So that was one. So the the way that the image the image and the sound worked was as far as that is concerned, right? Mm. Now, as far as the uh, way in which one can, um, so that is one 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 story. The other thing that we were very interested in is that we were really interested in uh, getting an audience mm. um, uh, to break out of. Uh, sometimes when you're watching a film, na, you tend to uh, you tend to step back. And you say, "Ha, ye to chal raha hai. It's going on." And you know, I'm sitting back and I'm passive hmm. as a participant within the watching of the film. Okay, uh, but we, what we wanted to do is keep the people on edge a little bit. Hmm. Hmm? Hmm. So a little. So what we decided to do is let the image uh, break, if you want to call it. Let the seamless nature hmm. constantly sort of shatter. Hmm. Okay. So sometimes what you see is that you see the people making the film within the film. Sometimes the smoothness of a narrative is broken by the with a sudden uh, hmm. sudden shake. And what happens with those breaks is as a person kind of begins to see the image as something that is not a given, but image itself as a construct. This is a made image. Hmm. Hmm. And once you see that it's a made image, then you start thinking about what is it? Why was this image made in the way that it was? Hmm. And that's the way you begin to kind of participate in the. Uh, story or whatever the, the narrative if you want to call it that of the film you stop being passive and you start kind of uh, getting you start to feel it being more real more real more arti- more real by making it more artificial because when you see it being made you realize that yeah. the image is actually an image it's not reality mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then you realize that so it's a more truthful image actually you're, you're presenting so you're, the you're, image as an image mm-hmm. so you're trying to stage the real Yeah, you're breaking the illusion of reality hmm. by showing that it is an image of reality. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I think for the listeners, they have to see it a couple of <laughs> yeah, times. Yeah, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. So yeah, that yeah. that so so we decided to do that with the film as well. So constantly kind of break it and back and forth. Yeah, yeah. break it a little bit. Uh, one thing that I and and the question, of course, that you asked is about time hmm. and um, so. the uh, the filmmaker uh, tarkovsky uh, called film sculpting in time i think oh, right mm-hmm. um so there's a way in which uh, time itself uh, becomes uh, an object like marble mm-hmm. uh, and the act of film is actually that's in my head that's the way i imagine that that phrase uh, is actually shaping time like you would shape like a sculptor would shape marble So sometimes filmmakers do that. I guess they try and do that, looking mm-hmm. at the way that different images and the times that are embedded within that mm-hmm. are uh, kind of come together to make a form. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether uh, I am drawing the right connection, but I could see few of these shots, like uh, I've seen in Godard's film, or like more recently, Court. Right? It has mm-hmm. just. It is just like a the last shot when everyone is walking out of the courtroom, right? Mm. It just there, it just you just show there, right? So what I what I understood is that when you are moving from one story to the other, 
there's like a complete blackout of few seconds right it's almost unbearable right kya chal raha hai matlab is the film over or not but what i thought is it's that moment for you to introspect was that yeah thought? exactly because then because you start introspecting was ye ho kya raha hai because hmm. that's what happens then you realize ki why is the cut not here hmm. huh? why is this scene extended in a strange way why is it out, out of the traditional the norm? yeah yeah and then you realize that it is a form it's a formal choice and that's why you're thinking now ki ha interrogation karna tha na your introspection karna tha na yes beautiful beautiful uh, there's like lot more to talk about film and like obviously you being a teacher uh, have a lot more to share but yeah i would like to conclude uh, with one last question is that uh, i was researching about you and i wanted to know more about project uh, cinema city and how does that tie up into your overall practice and what are you looking forward from that project so um within the kamla rehja college of architecture we have an organization that's called the design cell hmm. now design cell works as a sort of interface between the academic space and the world outside hmm. and the world outside sometimes we work with government organizations non governmental organizations other research organizations and of course as a as a as a institution that is that has been really interested in looking at the city looking at uh, you know different ways in which people are practicing within the city we've been in touch with we were and continue to be in touch with a wide variety of different artists filmmakers within the city there was a group there's a group there was a group like that that was called majlis mm-hmm. majlis was uh, the cultural wing was headed by the filmmaker madhushri datta and madhushri and we were kind of close she's come to the school many times and she had this idea of doing a project a research project um multidisciplinary research art project hmm. uh, which was to examine the relationship between cinema and the city of bombay and that was the brief so uh, it was a long project we started in two, 2009 and we did an exhibition i think in 2013 or one something it was four five year project um and uh, through the project we were really interested in examining ki, as architects what that relationship can be so what we did within the school and the school the school was the architects of within the team they were filmmakers who made films they were artists who did visual art so it was a huge project actually mm-hmm. uh, all kind of uh, i guess curated largely by madhushri as the primary sort of person who was choreographing the whole affair um and because the project had a large architecture and urban section the krv was an important partner within the project hmm. so we were looking at what that relationship could be and we thought of two ways in which we could imagine that relationship one is looking at cinema pretty much as an industry the spaces and if you look at an industry uh, it's, it's uh, every product will have a place for pre production production post production yeah. archiving assembly so what we did is that we looked at we studied the city of bombay through the spaces that are within which film is produced like this okay. would be one hmm. uh, because sound recording dubbing etc might happen hmm. yeah and we mapped these spaces in the city that became one entire project wow uh, 
uh, and the other one was looking at how spaces themselves are represented within films so different ways different versions of dharavi in different films for example or different versions of marine drive um, because marine drive is so many things mm. marine drive is the place that uh, in divar the uh, mother comes with her sons mm. uh, divar is the same place where mithun chakravarti is dancing is the same place where uh, what's his name vivek obroy is riding his motorcycle is the same place so it's it's like all these marine drives Have, exist yeah, yeah. in our collective memory and then we are on marine drive as real people we are actually within all these marine drives because in our minds the memories of those marine drives are getting played out in the very spaces and ourselves themselves are playing out within those images mm-hmm. right uh, so we did we did we did and we did archives of these different uh, ways in which different neighborhoods in the city have been imaged Hmm. in uh, through cinema and we did a study of simply the more the people and the places that are involved in the production of the film industry both j- historically as well as in the different spaces that that, that they inhabit hmm. so this in, this we started and then this material then became part of uh, different sorts of uh, works artworks Mm-hmm. um so filmmakers artists architects they started using this material to start making installations and then we had different uh, exhibitions the first one was at the national center for the performing arts and uh, then there were many more that were held one at the berlinale the berlin film festival in 2010 and it the whole thing ended with a traveling big traveling exhibition uh which uh started in bombay at the national gallery of modern art and then went to delhi and then to bangalore at the ngmas mm-hmm. so that was the whole project the whole project has come together as a book which is like it's a large fat book mm-hmm. uh, called project cinema city uh, so that's where that project effectively ended mm-hmm. and sorry where is it available though it's uh, available on uh, amazon actually amazon, okay. put project amazon. cinema city you'll find the oh, book because i was going through the website and i couldn't understand that it has manifested into a book yeah, as such it's, yeah. it's, it's it's if you run a search for uh, project cinema city on uh, amazon mm-hmm. um, the book is uh, still available mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Uh, so that was an interesting kind of project because it was looking at really what is happening because what has happened to cinema Yeah, like most industries within the city is that it has been informalized large 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 studios are reducing large kind of uh, shooting floors actually are uh, you mean if you look at what's happening to kamalistan etc mm-hmm. they're all becoming housing colonies but that doesn't mean that bombay has stopped producing films it's just that it has some new ways of producing films and the, the, with the digital and the smaller spaces necessary uh, there's a new network uh, through which industry in this case film mm. continues to survive in the city so it was a nice it was an interesting way to get uh, a glimpse into some of the forces that are shaping mm-hmm. our cities today mm-hmm. interesting and uh, just, i'm just being very curious but what triggers these inquiries <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's like what what made you like get into this inquiry also of cinema city yeah <laughs> I guess because I'm an educator and I'm involved with uh, urban design uh, studios um I have a feeling that many times we uh, presume things about a city that are not necessarily mm-hmm. uh what really exists on the ground We are trained as architects to think about uh, like categories like sustainability and whatever and that usually is formulaic in nature mm-hmm. but there's very little investigation rational uh, clear-eyed investigation of the term itself to think about what it really 
actually means. And as somebody who is interested in kind of teaching students or even in some ways intervening in our cities, I felt that it was, imp- I, f- I think it, we feel that it's important to be able to understand these. Uh, and to be able to understand these, we need, because we are, I, I think, I think we need to, we need to acknowledge the fact that uh, our understandings of our urban environments are incomplete in nature. Mm. And if we presume to intervene but within these... But they'll always be incomplete, right? They will be incomplete, but our incompleteness sometimes can be disastrous for the ways that we intervene within our cities. Mm. Uh, that we can presume certain uh, truths and uh, begin to kind of do these projects when the realities of our cities uh, may be completely different and may lead to horrific uh, you know, sort of uh, outcomes which yeah. affect real people and real lives. Yeah. And in fact, with the social media, the narrative is, the media narrative can be can very misleading. In any way. Yeah. yeah, so that's the thing. So, which is why I think that 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 uh, that urge to be able to discover uh, as much as we can um, and to be able to uh, participate in the process of knowledge creation mm-hmm. is, I think, what leads us to do these kinds of projects. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I completely understand because this is going to be like another podcast altogether episode, which is just trying to understand where do these things come from, right? Where do these, uh, because I was like, I had a uh, interview with uh, Ayaz also, and he's also inquiring about what the city is going to be in 2035, right? And like, yeah, I want to just understand like, where do these ideas come from but yeah Yeah. sometime later uh all right uh i think uh this is a good note to end uh it was really wonderful talking to you thank you thank you we can have like a two-part series maybe sometime later anytime and uh yeah if people have to follow your work contribute to um the projects you are doing uh, any any um handles social media well i am on facebook as rohan shiv kumar i am on instagram as an architect hmm. anarchy and tech yeah. and uh, come to the kamla reja mm-hmm. super okay thank, thank you. you thank you and that's it from today's gyan session catch us on itunes savan stitcher or any podcasting app you use do rate us on itunes and follow us on twitter facebook and instagram Stay tuned for more Gyan on audiogyan.com. Till then, bye!